You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. After the Redskins' 41-35 overtime loss, I have Kareem Copeland here from the Washington Post to help me dissect Dwayne Haskins' first half and the chase for chase. The Redskins won by losing. Then it's time for my five observations. I have more on owner Dan Snyder and Dwayne Haskins and the ankle injury, plus why scoring two touchdowns meant so much to Steven Sims. But first, my conversation with Kareem Copeland of the Washington Post. All right, now I'm bringing in Kareem Copeland from the Washington Post, and I'm not doing this just to talk Ohio State football with him, which would drive him nuts. But we are there is an Ohio State theme here, and you know that. So just brace yourself, my Michigan man, <laughs> um, my school up north man, I should say. Yeah. But yep. anyways, but in the NFL, we'll talk about the Redskins aspect. We can talk about Ohio we'll later. Talk, yeah. We'll, okay. There you go. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins. So what did you? First of all, we're going to find out. We'll get an update on him on Monday from his injury. Didn't seem to be all that bad. He didn't seem to be overly concerned, but there's only one game left. What did what have you seen from him the last couple of weeks that you know for that you can latch onto going forward? I think the biggest thing for me is he just looks so much more confident and yeah. poised in the pocket, and uh, you know as he's going through his progressions, like everything is just much smoother and much more what you expect to see out of an NFL quarterback as far as you know getting guys up to the line and and just operating the whole thing with like a sense of knowing what's going on and, and con- confidently operating it all. That's kind of my biggest thing is like just early in the season you could tell it was it was just so much more thinking. You right, could just absolutely. tell like us sitting in the press box could sell that, you know, right. looking all the way down on the field. But now everything's just going so quicker, the ball's coming out of his hands faster. He it just seems like he just has this game plan where he's going in and he knows what's in his head and knows where to go with the ball. And that's, um, you know, light years from where we were earlier in the season. And so um, that's what you've continued to want to see over these last couple weeks or since he was named as starter. You just want to see a continual progression, progression, progression. And I think you've certainly seen that at least these last couple weeks, if not the entire time. And so can you go into the offseason? Should they go in the offseason feeling, hey, we've answered that at least for – Going forward, he can be the guy. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I and I was one of these people that thought you had to be patient with him anyways. Sure. Wasn't a whole lot of college experience. Um, that system was completely different than what he's doing yeah. now. So I was... Um, I considered myself a little bit more patient than a lot of people I saw yeah. on social media. So um, this is kind of... These are the performances that you wanted to see at sure. the end of the year, getting ready to go into next year. So yeah, I think I think you've seen enough where you're confident that hey, this guy can, um, you know, you've seen the foundation, you've sure, seen um, that you can build off of this, and so I don't think there's any kind of urgency to have to go 
you know, trying right. to chase Joe Burrow or yeah, something crazy like that. And I think that. what you can do, if nothing else, it gives you the ability to say next year going in, he's our guy. And mm-hmm. then, the, and if it doesn't go right then, then you can reevaluate at that time. But I don't see any reason why you wouldn't do that at this point. Nothing that you would hit the panic button sure, already. No, no. That, that would be crazy to me. Right. And, and, and to me too. Do, do, it's funny because there's, were there some things that you see out here today that I don't know if it's so much different from last week because it seemed like it was more building on last week. But are there mm-hmm. plays that you feel like he was starting to make that you were like, oh, okay. He hasn't been making that. I think when he, I think the things that kind of just stands out to me is there's not a panic. And I, and I guess I just used the word, apparently panic is on the top of my brain. But, you know, when things aren't, um, when that first read isn't there, it right. seems like he's still knows where to go, how to go through his progressions. When there's um, things around him in the pocket, there's, he's not just pulling it down and running out. Uh, what was the – shoot, I'm trying to go – I'm going blank right now. But um, I think it was the touchdown. He rolled out left yep. after there was traffic around him. Um, he got out to the left, kept his eyes downfield the entire time, yep. and then finally Sims finally came open and then right. threw a strike. Threw like strike. those are all the things um, kind of wrapped up in one play that you like to see that says, okay, this guy's got it. There was yeah. no, soon as, you know, soon as um, the line was around him, he didn't bail out and just put his head down and start running. He was still, he still knew where his guys were. He still knew he was going to, they were going to, um, you know, scramble to that side of the field as the scramble play kind of came on. So it was all those little things kind of wrapped up in one play is kind of like, all right, he's getting it. He's kind of knows what's going on. There. And there, you know, it's funny because after that Detroit game, the inaccuracies in that game were so severe. Haven't seen that since. Ton more accurate. Ton more accurate. And and that again makes me feel that he's just a little bit more confident right. in where everybody's going to be and what he's supposed to do. I feel like that inaccuracy was coming when you're instead of knowing a guy's open and throwing a guy open, waiting to make sure you see it and then, but that split second can make a ton of difference um, where, you know, either a defender comes in and you have to, you can't throw it exactly where you want to be or just being a second late and throwing behind or making a guy wait or um, all those kind of things. So I think a big thing with his accuracy had to do with him wanting to be positive about what he sees instead of trusting that he knows this is what's going to happen, anticipating a little right. bit. Right. And the funny thing is, he, in the press, the po- for some, for sometimes with Dwayne, it always comes back to these press conferences. <laughs> How's his body language? What's he say? What's he say? Mm-hmm. And then today he kind of said, well, Dan told me not to go in. And that kind of leads to a little thing because Dan really didn't <laughs> say it like that from my understa- from our understanding. But... You know, how, how have you seen it? Have you seen him grow or change in those areas? Absolutely. I think that's, I mean, we all kind of talked about it earlier yeah. in, early in the season where, you know, he was he was soft-spoken. He just didn't, he didn't look confident up there, you know, he's, and, he, and I don't know if it was, I don't think it was being dismissive, but I think he was, again, just a young guy right. getting used he's to every bit 22. everything, yeah. every bit of 22 and everything that comes with it. And, you know, and, and he's got a swag to him where, you know, he's kind of that cool guy in yeah. the room a lot, but, um, you know, you can't get up there and be the cool guy all the time in no, front of a, you know, when we're grilling him about all these questions. And, and it's a different seems, thing for him, too. Absolutely. He seems, and he seems a little bit more comfortable in himself, um, comfortable in being honest about both the good and the bad and accepting it. All, all of those kind of things. I mean, um, 
huge change from before. Again, just the fact that we can hear him. The fact Remember, that we, we couldn't. I it was like he was, I was five feet away and I couldn't hear him. Yeah, was, and which was, which made you question. You know, right. if you're going to be the face of the franchise, the quarterback, you got to. It, it's not just about what you do in between the lines. There's all these other and things that come with it, that. and I think he's starting to mm-hmm. get that. And that, and so he's starting to portray himself with those things. And and um, even a couple minutes ago, he clarified himself on Twitter um, about the. Oh, yeah, uh, about uh, about the Dan Snyder situation. And you know, he didn't have to do that, but I think that shows a little bit of maturity saying, okay, hey, let me acknowledge yeah, that. He left maybe out a few parts pain. of that story. <laughs> like, maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe I didn't come across the way I meant to or yeah. whatever. So um, I think all of that is, I think all of this has just been a growing experience for him and, and doing things that he just hadn't necessarily been asked to do or in a way right. that he's been asked to do. You know, th- he's leading grown men, men at this moment. Um, I almost said a, a word that I wasn't <laughs> supposed to say, but he's leading grown men. I don't and, know if there's and, any words you can't say on a podcast. <laughs> that, that's a good point. But I, the other, the funny thing is, too, because to me, if you're a Redskins fan, this is an ideal situation. You see him progress, and you put yourself in position to maybe draft Chase Young. That's what today was all about. That's yeah. what this end of the season is all about. You want to see the young guys play yeah. well. You want to see them uh, make some splash plays, and then you want to lose. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's really what it is. It is what it is. I mean, you're trying to get that number two at this point. Yeah. I mean, it, there's winning doesn't help anything except for, you know, you yes. Feel you feel it. better and things. But in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, Dwayne can still walk away feeling better about the performance he did, even though that they lost. He can still feel good about what he did sure. individually. Same thing with Steven Sims. You know, you can go down the line, all these young guys, you know. You want them to have success and feel good about themselves. Yeah. And at the same time, um, you want to have the best draft position as possible, and especially with a guy named Chase Young sitting out there. And it's, fu- it's funny because usually I'm of the mindset, like, if, if this was a first-year coach they had here, say you want to build this thing. Yes. And you want to be moving forward with wins as well because that's how you build it in this situation give me that number two pick mm-hmm. I mean it's you know because he can be a game changer and if for some reason he goes number one Joe Burrow sitting there and we if you don't want Joe Burrow that's fine mm-hmm. now but you can, can trade, trade back and it's like so the way this franchise can help itself going forward is by getting that number two pick absolutely I mean this isn't I mean I know Everybody's coaching to win, and everybody's trying sure. to win. But at the same the time, when you look at it, they yes, wanna they want to win. You know, you can't go in there and tell a guy like John F., Jonathan Allen, "Hey, we're not trying to win today." You know, it's that's not going to work with a lot of those sure. veterans. You know, Landon Collins didn't come in here to no, be he told that you know no. we're 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 taking they made number two pick. You know, with that. exactly. They're not worried about that. But at the same time, this is what the situation is. Um, and when you've got a interim coach. Another win on his belt isn't helping anybody, he's isn't helping the organization, he's, he's, and nope. he's not going to be here next year. I mean, right. I mean, barring not something, this, yeah. you know, something supremely unexpected, um, that doesn't matter. And so that's why, you know, today was the best of both worlds. I they mean, played listen, hard. They exactly. were, You got good performances out of young guys, and you kept your draft position. But but they did. They got swept by a Giants team by a forward Giants. But I do agree because the last couple of weeks they've at least shown something that, hey, they're at least now interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. And they haven't been interesting to watch, so at least the last couple weeks. So it's like, hey, you know, you add a stud on defense to that group, and maybe that can be a tr- game changer for them. I mean, there's a lot else that they need, mm-hmm. but it can start with a game changer. So I think that's where that's where I think if you, for Redskins fans who want to have hope, it's that you have a young talent base. You, sh- you saw some signs here. You see, again, the young receivers that we talked about, 
But then if you can add that guy You're, or the trade. I watched the fourth quarter of the last two games instead of just writing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a big difference. You know, there was, yeah. you know, there was things there were that were going on. Completed. Down. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it mattered. Yeah. There were still things that mattered in that fourth quarter where much of the season it wasn't like and, that. And I will say, I give credit to, to a guy like Case Keenum for doing what he did in mm -hmm. that situation. And I think I give the coaching staff credit for the way these guys have played. They they could have just stopped against They could have just, you're down 14, your quarterback, you know, goes out. But, you know, I give them a lot of credit for that mindset at least. Those those early games right around when Jay was fired, um, when they were falling to 0-5 and, and, and maybe even those first couple games after that, this was a team that was all over the place. All Guys over. were freelancing, doing their <laughs> own things. It was it was not a cohesive unit with everybody on the same page. Now, you've got because of injuries, you've got new guys in here and all kinds of there's still a ton of issues. Yes. But you can still see they're all kind of fighting to the end. They're all kind of moving together in a singular direction where it just didn't feel no, like that at 0-5. It was like everybody was just doing their own thing, trying to figure out how to put out some good tape for themselves right. because they'd kind of given, given up on what it was. Too. And guys said guys that. Guys and it, we're acknowledging it. Yeah. Numerous guys. Yeah. So um, that's, that's the good sign, I think, right now is that at least they're back to – you know, even if you're still you losing, you're back to being a unit, 22 guys yeah. all kind of pulling in the same direction where it just didn't feel like that a month and a half ago. Yeah, and I think my last point on that too would be that's I think uh, um, some of the youth helps that because these mm -hmm. young guys know they're going to be here. Mm -hmm. There's some veterans who know they won't be here, mm -hmm. and but the young guys know they will be regardless of who's here, and they want, I think it's to your point, they want to build something together. Mm -hmm. Whether what the, Where that goes, we have no idea where any of this is going to go at this point. But I think those guys know at least this is what they have going forward. And they've talked about it. I've yeah. talked to McLaurin and, and yeah. Dwayne about that. And those guys are like, yeah, we talk about that as yeah. a group. Me and Dwayne and, and, and Cam and, and Terry and, and, and Steven Sims and even Darius Geis before he yeah. got banged up. You know, that's that's, that's the, the young that's the nucleus yeah. of this of this offense, of these of, of these playmakers and skill positions moving forward. And they know that. And so they're like, hey. Let's do this as a crew, as a group, and that's what you want to see. You know, there's benefits in those guys all coming up and growing together. Um, you're going to take your lumps, and we're seeing that right now. Yeah. But at the same time, you can take your lumps right now during a bad season and hopefully come back with a ton more experience than if you'd have been no, six and ten and continuing to play. And have some stability with the new coaching staff. Absolutely, you know that, and, so. and guys who aren't just starting from scratch. So um, there's there's a lot of value coming out of this, even though you're looking at uh, a three win team. Um, all those guys playing together, learning together, getting that experience um, is invaluable. Uh, and and now you're seeing you're seeing them start to reap some of that some of those rewards, even though um, you know it's not necessarily coming out in the Win and loss column. But you might not want that. You might, you might not want that. <laughs> That's our Christmas gift to the fans is that you we can just at least give them some modicum of hope mm -hmm. that maybe there's some reason here that can change. So Merry Christmas, fans. Merry so, Christmas, y'all. All right. Thanks, Kareem. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me. After this break, I'll be back with my five observations with more on Haskins and Dan Snyder and why the two touchdowns meant so much to Stevenson. All right, now it's time for my five observations. Let's get right to it. Number one, 
Let's address the whole Dan Snyder telling Dwayne Haskins not to play situation. Here's what I know. Snyder often goes down to the locker room when a player gets injured, so the fact that he did this with Haskins is really nothing new. He's done it in the past. I've talked to guys that have been in the locker room hurt when Snyder's come in and, and done the same thing. Second, my understanding is that the medical people told Haskins he was not cleared to return, and when he told Snyder that he wanted to go back in, even after they were, they were told he couldn't go back in, the owner basically told him to listen to the medical advice. In other words, no. So this wasn't a simple Snyder stepping in to somehow protect him or to issue his own directive. Also, this wouldn't be what Snyder wants, not right before he's going to hire another coach. This would most definitely feed into the perception that certain players have his ear. Don't forget, this is what caused the problems in the past, notably with Robert Griffin III. If Snyder wants to get this franchise turned around, he can't have another situation like that develop. He just can't. I think he's well aware of that. I don't know what that means. It's one thing to be aware of it, another thing to put that into practice. Coaching candidates will definitely ask about it because they know the history too. They will clearly have heard from others around the league, and that's what happens. The more coaches you send away from here, the more whispering that takes place. It doesn't mean everyone will stay away from this job, but it does make it harder to lure everyone you want. Now, this could also be why the Redskins had to go out and clarify the situation. They kind of hurried that. They put out they put out a statement from the doctor, Robin West, something that was highly unusual. I don't know, I don't remember ever seeing that in the past. And I don't think Snyder was too happy with, with Dwayne Haskins when he said that it was Snyder who told him no. It could all it could be, you know, some people there surmise that it could well be that Haskins was kind of smitten by the fact that that Snyder did go down there to see him and and overplayed the situation. Um, and again, I know in talking to other players in the past, it is certainly routine for Snyder to be in the locker room after a player is hurt. I don't think he, he didn't come down just to see Dwayne Haskins, but I do think he went down because, you know, listen, if it's a quarterback getting hurt, you're going to go down there. Um, and again, this is what I was told. So um, we weren't in the locker room, so who the heck really knows what what took place, but this is what they're saying. And and I do think, like, and I, like I said, I've been talking to people in the past and former players that there is a there is a history of him at least doing that, but I think it still feeds into a perception. Number two, I still think there's a long way to go in Haskins' development. That's true of any young quarterback. As well as he played, I would also say I doubt the Giants felt bad about their choice of Daniel Jones Sunday over Haskins. Jones lit up the Redskins. Granted, he was facing a secondary with three corners who were, there, who were either inactive most of the year or on the street, but the Giants' secondary isn't very good either. So both young quarterbacks played really well. Um, and again, Haskins played well in the first half, and it's a shame we didn't get to see how he'd finish up in that game. I like that he seems to be reading things a lot quicker. I like how he recognizes dummy looks by a defense. That was true last week as well. The Redskins gave... Excuse me, the Eagles gave the Redskins a lot of dummy looks. For example, a lot of times they're, they're showing a man coverage and dropping to zone. It didn't seem to phase Haskins at all. And he told me once that the Vikings, in that Vikings game, they got him on some of those dummy looks. And he, he kind of got fooled into thinking one thing and got scared by those looks. He said ever since then, that hasn't been the case. So now when he gets, you know, he learned from that, and he says he can now tell when it's a dummy look, where it looks like maybe an all-out blitz is coming, but he knows that they're really just going to drop into coverage. And that's been a good development for him. 
But the Redskins also have done a good job of providing help for him by using motion to get a tell from the defense about whether they're playing man or zone. I noticed a few times Sunday how decisive he was on his throws on plays where guys did go in motion. You saw, I saw that a few times. I also like how he's extending more plays, as he did on the touchdown to Steven Sims. On that play, you go back and watch it, he could have run that for a first down. It was third down and three. He might have even scored on that play because it looked like he had a chance. I don't know that he would have. wasn't a gimme. But he's, what I like is that he's almost always looking to throw in those spots. The crucial part of his development will come in the offseason, though, when he's away from the facility. He always says he wants to be like Breeze and Brady, and guys like that go hard in the offseason with their studying, etc. How Haskins handles this will determine what next step he takes. Too many people want to make it about the coach, and of course that matters. That always matters. But it's almost always about the internal drive in a guy. I will also say, while I appreciate him saying that once he gets hot, he can't be stopped, I don't recall other quarterbacks saying things like that. It's kind of just a reminder, again, that he's young and he's still learning, that he does have a different kind of swag about him than some others do. That's okay for now. I think that's something that you probably tend to grow out of. Um, it's part of the, I wouldn't say a learning process. I just think he's 22 years old, and that's he's he is 22 years old. And I stress that because I think he's every bit 22 years old. But I do like how he's finishing the season. Kareem and I talked about that earlier. I don't need to go in depth on that now. Um, it's been a good finish for him, and it certainly gives the Redskins something they can build on and perhaps sell to, some, to a, a prospective coach. Number three. I still don't know what's going to happen with team president Bruce Allen. I do know when you see him, he always looks relaxed and in a good mood. Honestly, it's just who he is. So you can't read into that because in talking to some people there, excuse me, in talking to some people, there's definitely an unsettled feeling um, around him. I do not get the sense that anything is finalized when it comes to his future or how Snyder wants things to go. The only person who truly knows is Dan Snyder. And in talking to some, I don't think Allen knows what direction it will take either. It could well be that if Allen stays, he does hire a general manager or somebody else in the pro football ops, somebody to oversee that football side. I also know that some coaching candidates will still view it as Allen being in charge, and that aspect will scare some people off. Snyder and Allen were seen together Sunday, and I haven't seen them on the field together in pregame for a few weeks. A lot of that is because Snyder hasn't always been down on the field. There are definitely people in the organization who feel as if a big change is needed here. There's a feeling that much more transparency is needed, whether with players or with the media in general. I think a big beef here is that there's absolutely no stated philosophy or vision for this organization. That's been a big issue I've had for a long time. What is the core belief of the Redskins? I don't know that one exists. I remember doing a project one time for ESPN where I had to ask that question, what's the philosophy of the organization? And I was told, well, it's just, just want to win. Well, to me, that's not a philosophy. That's, a, that's, a, that's an outcome. You, you get to that outcome by doing what? What is your belief in it? What helps you win? And I don't know that they, I never really heard anything like that there. And I don't know that one exists. They try a plan. It doesn't work. So they try another. They've tried all different tactics and organizational setups. But when you don't believe in one thing, it's hard to find that right thing unless you get lucky. So whatever changes they make with Allen, they also have to develop some sort of organizational philosophy, a credo, a blueprint for this is what we believe is an organization. I think two decades in for Dan Snyder, it's a little bit late to do that, but maybe whoever comes in next 
will will get that um, get that done because I think I think that's important. You look at the Steelers, you know what they believe as an organization. Even the Ravens, you know what they believe in as an organization. The Patriots, I think there's this there when you when you copy successful franchises, then things go much better. And I think the Redskins sometimes look around and say, well, they do this, so let's try this. They do this, so let's try that. That's not a good way for success. Number four, I want to talk about Stephen Sims for a moment. After the game, I asked Case Keenum about his growth, and Keenum gave a good answer. He said back in the spring, he, he called play in the huddle, and Sims would just stare at him with a blank look. He didn't know what to do. It took him a while to learn the offense and to know what he must do on various plays and routes. It's not always cut and dried in the slot. You have to read the coverage and break accordingly at times. But he's becoming such a weapon, and you saw it on multiple multiple plays again Sunday. The one that jumped out to me was his second touchdown catch in which he sold the out route. He was lined up in the slot on the left, sells the out route, getting his head around enough to con the defensive back who bites on the stem to the outside. He bit, and Sims abruptly cut back inside, and I mean a very sharp cut for an open score. He set his man up well. It, It also came at an emotional time for Sims and his family. His grandfather died earlier this month, Leroy Sims, back in Louisiana. This happened a few days before the Eagles game. Sims had to attend the funeral this past week, He's and, and so it was, you know that it was a tough week for him. He's well aware that scoring a few touchdowns won't compensate for somebody's death, but he also knows that, it, but he also knows that his catching three touchdown passes in the last two games has provided his family a little bit of respite and joy at a difficult time. That's why those catches meant a lot to Steven Sims. Finally, number five, the Redskins can wrap up the number two pick with a loss at Dallas on Sunday, which means Redskins fans will be caught in this odd world, rooting for the Cowboys to win. Then again, a Redskins win could keep them could keep Dallas out of the postseason. Then again, maybe Redskins fans do want Dallas to win and to make a little noise in the postseason to keep Jason Garrett around. I don't know. It's kind of confusing. It's too much to consider. But if the Redskins indeed have the number two pick in the draft, they will have some excellent options here. If they believe Chase Young is as transformational as others, as many others believe, then that's the easiest choice in the world. Take him and be happy. He's from Washington, D.C. There may even be a couple guys in the locker room who he played with in college whom he's told that he would like to play here. That's also key. If they get young, they would get a player who provides something they haven't had in a long time here, a dangerous speed rusher off the edge. To be honest, most of the time they just, well, you know this, they have guys who just who are more power rushers, bull rushers, you know, Ryan Kerrigan's, Montez Sweat. Those guys are going to be more power length, not just super explosive off the edge. They need a Von Miller type. That's what Young can provide. And they haven't had that highly athletic outside linebacker in a 3-4 since they went to the 3-4, and that's a negative. They could also go to a 4-3 and let him play end. They also have Montez Sweat and Ryan Kerrigan. You're not passing up on Young for either of them, and the more pass rushers you have, the better. Ask the 49ers. The Redskins would have a chance to add an elite player in the draft, and they haven't done that in a while. They've added some nice parts, but they haven't added anything necessarily elite. Uh, maybe some guys develop into that, you know. but we'll see. Terry McLaurin's off to a super, super start um, to get to elite is a different level. Of course, they could also always trade back a few spots and get a lot more capital to help the rebuild. They don't have a second-round pick, don't forget. And I think they're going to get something for Trent Williams. Um, In that situation, if they traded back, 
I'd absolutely want a number one pick in 2021. Why? Well, if Haskins doesn't take the necessary strides next year, then you have ammo to move up. And you'll probably be bad. If he doesn't take the steps, you're going to be bad. So you're going to be in a good position to draft another quarterback. And next year's class may, you know, I think with Trevor Lawrence at the top, I think that's going to be, um, he's, I think he's just a, he's a better guy than Joe Burrow. Um, but anyway, the smart thing would be to take Young and have an, and enjoy a terrific pass rusher for year for excuse me for years not for years for years. You saw Sunday how badly someone like that is needed. The Redskins have actually done a good job with sacks. They rank eight with 43 this season, but they don't make many game-changing plays. It'll take more than Young to transform this defense. They have tried to build a defense that stops the run, and they have failed. It's not all about coaching. Um, but adding elite talent is a good way to help rebuild any defense. Thanks to the losing, the Redskins are one game from putting themselves in that position. That's it for this week. Thank you to Kareem Copeland of the Washington Post for joining me. And thank you, as always, for listening. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.